0: you enjoy sitting at the pub or at the ground, listening to two blokes tell you who's going to win the footy and why, you know, the type of guys that puff at their chest and say, say after their obscure multi comes up. Well, if you do, this is the podcast for you. The buy rounds are here and the harsh realities of the football season are beginning to set in. Perhaps your season is done due to injury. Perhaps your super coach team has been decimated by the buy rounds. Perhaps you're back from Melbourne and you forgot to pre-book that mid-June snow trip. Well, fear not. I present to you the three F's of football. Friends, food and froths. And you can get them all down at our sponsors' establishment, the Yorkshire Hotel in Abbotsford. On the corner of Language Street and Punt Road, it's the perfect place to watch a game of footy or to forget about footy... All together. All right, we are officially into the second half of the season, and it is seemingly raining everywhere, including in England. What an absolute joke to host a World Cup there. But to help it make it rain in our bank accounts and in our pockets, it's the punter's profit himself, the barrel. Big Baz, how was the trip north side, mate? You're playing the away game tonight. I am. It's a bit different driving over here. Don't
1: really like this side of town, as you know. i uh, will let you know about it a few times, and I'll let everyone know about it, especially when I have to work on this sort of town, but uh, I tell you what, it's better than out at Packing at the moment where I'm working currently. It's uh I prefer to be over here than Parky
0: Yeah, Well that's good to know we, we beat at least one suburb. Yes, you do. You used to call me on my cell phone when you my Call me on my phone Speaking of things you don't like, yep. I was gonna ask you in the, uh, our favourite segment here, the Baz and the Blower segment, about all these little itty-bitty, nitty gritty stories that have popped up in the media. Yep. Such as, like, uh, will the interim coaches Shaw and Teague be the head coach of their club next season? Should we scrap the goal review system as suggested by Jared Waitley? Uh, have the rules gone soft as suggested by the other Jared? Uh, should fans be kicked out of the grounds for abusing umpires? And I thought, you know what? Stuff it. They're all make-believe Made up, angry, suki suki la la stories. We get every time everyone gets a sniffly nose cold it's... and forgets. To... They should have gone on a winery walkabout. They should have had the weekend <laughs> off. So that's my question to you, Baz. Well, it's, it's it's all filler. It's all filler, no killer. So my actual question to you is: instead of bye weeks, should we just have a week off? No, because imagine what would happen in that week off. We get all this in one hit. Yeah, but that's like at you... least it's
1: getting at least it's you know getting filtered through over three or four weeks.
0: So you're not you're not for the bye week.
1: No, I reckon. I...
0: For the players, for the coaches, for like, the they get, staff?
1: They tried it a few years ago. They did one week off. Yep. Everyone had a week off. Everyone complained there was no footy, blah, mm. blah, blah. So they, they broke it out. I, I prefer this method. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, look, I think... People lose fresh- their
0: mind, and we see our in our group chats. We've got dear friend, our dear friend Juicen's lost his brain. He's, <laughs> he's he's completely cooked it. They uh I spoke about this yesterday on the way home from uh, of the great place, Pakenham.
1: They <laughs> spoke about this on uh, SEN yesterday. Yeah. It was like what's what stories do they come up with all the time? Yeah. When there's just nothing else to talk about, or they you know they need to the find filler, and they went through them all. And they went, most of yeah. these came up, and you know my you know, mid-season draft, all that sort of stuff, which yeah. now we have, um, but yeah, like there's so many wasted like the overreactions as well to like that house mark and things like that and especially the, the fan abuse mm. um, you know then we have the gambling thing as well which has been released which I don't know how that's meant to help player welfare and solve the problem but there's a, there's a behind the scenes issue going on there between the AFL Players Association and the AFL and I think that article is more to take sides yes. with one of them and yeah. to help their, their cause but Yeah, I'll just leave it as is because my fear is if we do have the one full week off, so that's almost you know fourteen days without footy,
0: the media will implode. So the way I'd fill it up is is if we had the week off, we'd have uh, the the mid season draft and a trade period because I think long term. Super long-term. We're, we're going to get a trade period as well. Oh, I reckon, yeah. Another five or ten. And so that guys, will fill yeah. that will fill up 14 days worth of content. Yep. And then you do like all the other awards that kind of get ignored. So you do like your 22, under-22 22 awards. If you want to bring back State of Origin, then you've got to weekend to do that. And but, you make it all like an underage State of Origin or like an Indigenous All-Stars versus so an All-Stars that's team. That,
1: that's another thing that always comes up once yeah, State the same of Origin like, if starts you, in the NRL. Yeah.
0: Where's State of Origin in the footy? The hilarious part was is that they're having the same conversation in NRL at the moment. And because... Obviously, if you're playing for your state team, you don't play yep. for your team the week before. Yep. And everyone's complaining that, oh, it means my team gets stuffed. And so if people come out and say, oh, we should just have the week off. Like, they shouldn't play when Star Origin's played. And yep. they're all freaking out because it's like, if, what, if we do that, then AFL will swoop in and people will just watch AFL because there's no NRL <laughs> on that weekend. So everyone's freaking out about the same thing. It's hilarious. But also, I was just thought, like, maybe you've got 14 days, you hold your under 18 Carnival, then you do something. But you fill it out because I think... Yeah, I think just people need a little break. Or if you're a footy fan, just just do what you did. Just go to the winery for a weekend. Just like just get out, get get away. Like, honest, just to, just turn off their footy for a week
1: and to refresh. Generally, generally, Queen's Birthday weekend, I go home, so I yeah. go up to Ginnindra. But it was actually a lot. I watch all, footy all weekend, get stuck in, but it was actually good to be out for a day. Yeah, it was actually good to have the week off from coaching as well. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, I would have preferred to coach all week and do everything all week, but. It's actually good to have a week's break. Mm. Didn't have cricket. Didn't have footy. Got away for the weekend. And I reckon the media and you know, some other yep. commentators should just do the same thing.
0: Come join me at winery Walkabout next yeah, year. That's it's, a, right. it's a great weekend. Do what the big wigs bid. JB does that. JB loves his little uh, mid-week, mid-year holiday. And he disappears good. from Triple M and good. he comes the, back the duck, refreshed. The duck goes to Hawaii. Yeah, duck goes Bali to Hawaii. Or All the big dogs do yep. it. Yep. Follow the big dogs' boots. All right. Anyway, my last question is on the umpires. Uh, and it is about... And I think this is more of a grassroots question and you said you're heavily involved in VAFA, and you'll probably see that's where the issue is and I think that's what people are scared of. Is there a difference between umpire heckling and umpire abuse? So if you're in the third tier of the MCG and you yell out you're you're a bald flog or you're a green maggot or all the classic cliched umpire terms you get when you have a few frosty hanging out with your mates, is that different to what you've obviously heard down at Elstonwick Park? It's
1: very different. (laughs) <laughs> it's people get a lot uh, at local footy they get a lot more uh, what's the best way to put it uh, intimidating yeah. yeah and a lot more aggro yeah. for some reason I don't know why because it's I mean, maybe it's because it's a local team got a, I think it means more team. to you yeah know, more passionate
0: yeah
1: it's I just think the whole system of how umpiring is done is wrong and I've spoken about it three or four times on this and it needs to be started grassroots I need proper systems a bit like you do with AFL footy. If you want to be an umpire at a young age, you need to be coached, you need to be taught, all those sort of things, and brought through that way. Because at the moment, we've got blokes who might attend one training session a week at umpire their umpire training. They might, and then they turn up on a Saturday and umpire. You know, sometimes pretty good standard yeah. nineteen footy or even women's footy, whatever. And they've got no idea, and they're paying things that they've seen on the TV the night before. Their actual understanding of the rule, and just and everyone gets frustrated because there's no consistency you don't know what you're going to get, and then it overflows. And Especially, I think, when um, parents are watching and their kids are getting hurt or it's deemed a bit dangerous. That's probably where I've overstepped the mark once or twice is when I feel like my players are in danger of getting hurt or have been hurt because the umpire has lost control and not Mm -hmm. to it. So that's probably where that bit of extra aggro comes from compared to professional umpires in the AFL, VFL levels where they probably don't get that abuse. And also, at... At AFL football, if you abuse umpire like you would at local footy, you have a security guard. I mean, you can't call him a ball-headed flog anymore. So yeah. you have a security guard giving you a tap on the back and saying you're getting out of here. Is it at Ellsmere Park? You're not having any of that. So mm. no one's going to come tell you off, and if they did, it probably end up in a in a bit of a inverbal, full-on brawl. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so do you think the AFLs have they gone too far? Like everyone says, that is it a case of PC gone mad? Like saying to to the extent where if you you follow some stuff on Twitter cheer squad members are getting pulled out for celebrating too loudly.
1: I think a bit like uh, Dale Thomas the other week, they're trying to make an example of a few to set uh, a standard. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, those blokes will be copping probably a treatment that's probably a bit too harsh, but they want to set an example and, and make an example of them yep. so that others will go, oh, hang on a minute, we probably can't say that or can't do this because you know, we might get it. Fine seven grand or something or banned yeah. from four matches so we'll pull our heads in and they're hoping it's going to filter through the ranks. A bit like with Daisy Thomas like you know he said called him a mm. effing cheat and they don't want players abusing umpires so he cops their whack and it'll filter down and I would guarantee you, over the weekend after Daisy it would have been umpires getting told off by players and they would have just pulled out cards. Yellow carded yeah. players gone over the top because of what they saw there and then again those players probably copping it but it's going to send a message to the all the players and again if they had a bit more uh, organisation and a proper f- system with umpiring it, this wouldn't happen, happen either so but if AFI makes enough money they'd rather go to China than getting yeah. proper full-time umpires sorted so you know have uh, semi-professional almost amateur umpires uh, umpiring a fully professional sport there you go Monday's experts Always know what's best, always tell you what you should have done, Monday's experts. Always know what's cooking how the game was lost and how it could have Let's talk
0: footy like we did last week. It's time to check up on the teams that have the buy around and to work out where they are and what their health levels are for their season so far. And we're going to start with one of the most unhealthiest clubs in the AFL, and that's Melbourne. 16th, they've got three wins, nine losses. They have a paltry percentage of 76%. Uh, you and the model were very clever and realised that last year was just a massive aberration and you took the unders and you're going to be very well reimbursed for that. They, over, their break-even was 14.5 wins. They're tracking for six, maybe, if they're lucky. Uh, there are a 2% chance of making the top eight, according to some models. That definitely won't happen, so don't waste money there. But my big question is, how can a team with so much talent I don't and we think saw that, that much on the talent. You don't reckon it has that much talent? No. Nah. But like, has, I'm, I'm they're not, more talented than Carlton. Oh yeah. They share the same number of wins. Yeah. They've got more talent than Western Bulldogs. I'm not oh, saying I'm not saying they're the top four side. They should be making finals. Yeah, they've got they're what they've got the go. They, they've got issues. They've got a, they've got a full back playing full forward. Yep. Yeah. They've got yeah. they've got and six it. of exactly the same midfielders trying to do exactly the same role. Yeah.
1: And what they've done also now is. In with Tom McDonald because they've gone, right, he has to play forward because mm. they've gone and got Lever and May, yeah. So you can't have Lever, May, and McDonald playing in your back half, no. I mean, you can, don't get me wrong, but then it leaves them short up front. And they've got three big guys, yeah, down back. Who you know, May's probably the only one with a decent kick coming out of the back 50. Lever's a good intercept mark and can set up the play, but he's not exactly a, an elite kick of the football, yeah. So they're kind of Stuck now as well So be interesting to see what they do In a trade period And you hear about Them going after Alex Keith is another lockdown big defender So Interesting areas from them But look, I just I reckon they got on a roll last year They had a bit of a Western Bulldogs type roll And it came to an end I thought They think they were better Than they actually were uh, And they They still stick to the same game style I mean Trelaw came out after the game And said you know, we knew they'd probably beat us on the inside so we kind of let them do that. We knew we would beat them on the outside and, and once we went, got the football to the outside we had too much leg speed uh, and because they get so many numbers in round one area that once again once you get to the outside it's easy to spread them hmm. you know and we knew they were going to turn it over going forward so we just kind of camped back and scored on turnover as well and just hit them on the, on the counter and you think well oh, hang on a second where did, I, where did that sound from here? and then you go back to Queen's birthday last year that's how everyone analysed the game and said oh that's how Colin beat them again this year you've a few teams have actually come out after mm-hmm. the game and said the exact same thing as Chalol so they get beaten the same way by every team security to them as well but they keep going back to the same method and now they're just panicking like they're just handballing under pressure and they yeah they've got like all confidence and I, I think he needs to free him up he just needs to let him play and he needs to find some speed or something you know I thought when I saw um, Gartlet on the go down back that he might have been trying to change something just have Gartlet come off the halfback flank or something add yeah. some speed and some pace but no Gartlet's got caught out and Gartlet does not look interested in playing AFL football anymore I'd be very surprised if uh, he's on their list at the end of the year or in their team next week but yeah, they've got some some decisions to make on you know Jones Lewis that sort of stuff but yeah I think uh, they need to reassess where they're at and probably look to go back to the draft and try and bring in some elite talent or bring in some speed mm. um, especially outside maybe get Hunt in the midfield or something try something different because at the moment they're very same same and yeah players have lost form like you know, Angus Brayshaw he's an inside mid player he's an inside mid player. he's obviously not fit so rest him for the rest of the year but they're not a team also you want given their history
0: yeah, of losing games and losing games or saying yeah saying we're done there's time to, it's time to rebuild time to rest time to restore get your surgeries blah 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 they can't do because they're that. not that sort of club because they've history. got
1: cultural issues with mm. that and before and I thought they were getting over it at the end of last year and start this year but obviously not because uh, yeah they're in a bad shape so speaking of
0: cultural issues I find it very interesting that Simon Goodwin very rarely fronts the media so he does his press conference after the game which he has to do yep. but then like Every other coach does their 360 or they do the, you know, they do the SCN, they do the Thursday whatever. Afternoon, the Thursday, Thursday afternoon. Thursday afternoon, yep. whatever. Yep. So on the couch on Monday. Jonesy. Jonesy rocks up.
1: Jonesy does a lot of the media stuff. Him and, um, and Viney's done a bit, I reckon.
0: But why... It's a coaching show. It's L- about Lewis, tactics. Lewis does a lot as yeah. well. Yeah. Why, why isn't Simon, Simon Goodwin coming out and explaining why they have six of the same midfielders or why they can win the taps and not win the midfield or why he's playing a full-back at full forward. They're questions for the coach and they ask him that. They go, oh, why about this? And he goes, well, that's a question for the coach. Yeah. Where is the
1: coach, Brian? Yeah. Oh, he's very well hidden by the Melbourne footy media department, I suppose. It's, it's all about what happens around the board at Melbourne as well. So I think there's a few issues you know, footy department-wise and they need to have a bit of a look at where they're at. And
0: yeah, I think there's more. I said there's more than just a playing group issue. There's a whole. Well, no, um, there is. My the last issue though is that why did everyone get sucked in? So even Champion Data, which apparently is run by boffins who are connected computers that don't even have feelings, they rated that list as the best list in the AFL. Yep. So how does they how did they even get hoodwinked? How did everyone get hoodwinked by this team? Because a lot of those stats are, or a lot of those figures are reliant
1: on contested ball clearances, those sorts of things. And Melbourne excel at those things, mm. but once it gets to the outside, so I think if you look at the the second um,
0: second stoppage, phase, yeah, yeah
1: they they're, they're not that good. So and then going inside fifty, they're horrible. So they just and they obviously miss Jesse Hogan. So yeah. I, I mean, that's a massive out for them as well. But, you know, they they win the yeah they win the stoppages, they win the clearances, and they did that by far. Mm. On weekend, yeah. But it's the secondary post stoppage contested possessions, and they smash this at contested possession as well. But the secondary stage, they get smashed. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, I think that's what the champion data gets a bit, bit too too many
0: variables there. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, for them to realise, and yeah, they can't. Yeah, it's all based on metrics. So they can't look at a game and go, "Oh, this is what happened." They have to go off the numbers. And yeah. Then you get caught out by saying ridiculous things like that. Going forward, are they? So are they? Have they underperformed, or are they? Legitimately a bottom four side. Like, are they as? Are no, they they're, not, they're not bottom four. They'll,
1: they'll probably they should get like six to eight wins. They need get, something. They're gonna get a top ten
0: pick, and they need it. On to a team that everyone put a big red line through. Maybe a little bit too soon. Sydney, a fourteenth, four wins, eight losses, eighty nine point nine percent. Now, they're definitely tracking under. Their break even for the year was twelve and a half. I went the overs. The model went the overs. You went the unders. They've only got four wins. I think there is a sneaky chance of playing oh, yeah. finals. You're jumping on the bandwagon as well. After
1: after one win against West Coast, well West Coast have ever some key players and they set the game plan up and they executed it perfectly. That's my point though, is they do that
0: very well. So this is, their, this is their running home. They've got 10 games left. They haven't played like that all year. So why do you think they're going to start playing like this? Because this is who they play against. So they got Hawthorne at home. That's a 50-50 to 75-50. Twenty five against pretty them. Pretty sure. Pretty sure, yeah, as I say, pretty against sure. Against them. They, yeah. Lost the whole point yeah. a fair few times. They like played Gold Coast at home. Win. Win, yeah. Essendon away, win. Ooh, no. Nah. Carlton at home, win. Win. Fremantle away, depending on which Fremantle turns up, but probably another fifty fifty. Geelong at home, probably lose. Giants at home, probably lose. Port Adelaide away, who knows but that stays what Port Adelaide are right. like. Yeah. Three rounds out from the end of the year. Melbourne away, Melbourne stink. St Kilda at home. They'll beat them in the last so round. So that's four more wins. No, no. That is six more basically guaranteed wins. Jesus. And then 2 you 50-50s. You're, you're, you're doing the Western Bulldogs from round three. You're just fully on, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> All I'm saying is that, is there a chance they make finals? No. No, they're not making
1: finals. Yeah. They've got, they've got some really good young players. They've got players Absolutely. that are playing some good football. Buddy played really well on the weekend. But why Buddy played really well on the weekend because at the moment and with all these def- zone defences and stuff like that the forwards that are playing really really good football and, and kicking lots of goals and this is why uh, Ben Brown has been probably underrated and why he's kicked a lot of goals he hasn't taken contested marks mm-hmm. he always leads up at the ball carrier yeah. Buddy Franklin the same Tex Walker Stephenson the same those sorts of yeah. those sorts of blokes who are leading the Coleman you don't see them take a lot of contested marks because they they lead up at the ball carrier and find space that way because defenses sag off so mm. they get an extra meter or two on the weekend everyone's probably seen the footage in the first half mcgovern just let you know first quarter and a half really before he went oh sure i better start going with him they they let him they let buddy go and he was getting the footy out the ground on the lead and stuff and they're like oh, right, we better start going with him and then they started going with him which opened up the space behind him for other fours mm. him, amongst it and then finally they went oh what are we doing they let him go up and then he double back and marks. a mark so he kicked, I think he kicked most of his goals in the second half hmm. and they had no answer for it at West Coast because they didn't know what to do without her and there setting up the defence they obviously were missing Barras as well and a few other players like Yo to help him out in the midfield but the thing that hurt them the most was their so Rampy had the ball on a string um, a few other their back got a lot of possessions because once we went inside 4-50 it hit the deck and came straight back out hmm. and that's been the biggest weakness for West Coast this year and Sydney were able to just clean it up outside and just rebound and counter attack and they, they scored a lot from back half then it's and that's why because the little blokes from West Coast without Yo and Cripps was down, Ryan had an okay game but you know Rioli had a poor game as well they just had no impact on the game and that's where it backfires sometimes you got that many talls so Sydney played it really, really smart. They had a game plan set. We actually spoke about it last week that they might be up and about for this game. And they're still going to win games this year, absolutely, they don't yeah. On. But they're not making finals.
0: No, they're very much they're very much like a like a Hawthorn type team. Like they're a team that's superbly coached. They've got enough talent, enough experience that if a team is off, any team is off. Yep. they'll beat them regardless of how good they are, and they'll beat all the teams they should beat yep. who are around at the same area and below. If they could, like they've done it before, and they could jag a final spot, I, it's hugely unlikely.
1: I reckon, like hugely yeah, unlikely. They got a couple of really good uh, academy kids over yeah. the next couple of years, and they're going to turn around really quickly and again be a very, very good side. I don't think Longmire's going to be leaving anytime soon. Yeah, and I reckon uh, next month or so, two months, you'll see him uh, resign. And, resign. Yep. Yeah. So. And
0: it's just it's very funny because I think a lot of coaches will, will um, spread this like green shoots comment, and they yeah. like, we saw a lot with Bolton he did the opposite round three he was like oh we're done like he did the opposite he just like expect nothing from us yeah. and every time we win it seems like oh we're back yeah he's like he's very he's a very sneaky operator when it comes to media manipulation him and clarko are very good at being yes. just so direct and being like no that was appalling i was i was disgraced i was yes. embarrassed and everyone goes oh jesus okay oh wow but they also have the respect like he's a multiple multiple premiership coach very successful player hugely successful assistant like he's got the runs on the board to do what he wants with the media yep. whereas a guy like Bolden can't doesn't, do that yeah
1: and it helps when you got like sort read fit playing hmm. it helps so much and Cal Sinclair doesn't get the plaudits he deserves like he is actually a forward. He he's not the number one ruckman he wouldn't be at most other clubs but he just does a role for Sydney. He plays it very very well and you know he took Vardy and Hickey to town hmm. on the weekend so well to him and it, look they're They're going to be an AHK side. I wouldn't want to play them as Collingwood. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because they're a side that can knock you off. But, yeah, they're not making finals. And I reckon next year that might be a sneaky chance, though.
0: Another team that may be on the ropes here now, Brisbane in sixth. They've got seven wins and five losses, 103.1%. Their break-even for the year was eight and a half. So they're definitely tracking over. We all took them as overs. So we all thought we saw the progression. My big question is, can you you be a, a consistent and competitive funnels team playing ping-pong or basketball footy? I, reckon, I don't think they'll be consistent, but it's a good learning curve for them.
1: They're going to make finals, just for the pure fact they've got a good draw, they play enough home games. Hmm. So they should sneak into the finals. My biggest concern, though, is three or four people from the club, and Fagan was one of them, and Jonathan Brown have mentioned how tired they were going into the carton game, and the buyers come at a good time. Hmm. That worries me, because we know they've got a young list, uh, and it obviously showed a lot as well against Carlton on the weekend. Also showed a bit of lack of maturity from the team, and they're probably not quite ready. Still lack a bit of experience and a bit of... You know, to throw away you know, yeah, a six-goal lead against the bottom team yeah. is ridiculous. And watching some highlights and reading about it and seeing some footage of the game, they didn't have it all their own way in that first half either, but Carlton were throwing it away, and they were still able to score. And you know, a an nil discipline-free kick here and there from Brisbane... You know, gives Carlton opportunity to score, and they did, and turn the game around a bit. So, I, look, I like Brisbane. They're a bit probably reliant on a couple of their better players, mm-hmm. and Neil and Zorka and those sorts of blokes, and Charlie Cameron. If he's up and about, then the whole team is. You know, even Harris Andrews was pretty quiet on the weekend. So, you know, they've still, they still probably another year or two of development to go for them be a bloody good side that you don't want to come up against, but. They're tracking well. They'll, they'll make finals this year. I think they're on, on the right
0: path. Absolutely. And it's good to see, I think, yeah, with the kids and the, how their demographic uh, looks on their list, to get a couple of, like, maybe they jag a final, they play two finals. Yeah. That's a huge experience for a list this, this young to experience that and go, that's what we need to be at. Yeah. That's what we expect of you going forward for the next three, four, five years. So, yeah, they've got good things going on. And it's, yeah, I think it's much better to do it that way, like Fagin's done and the same take the game on and if we burn out we burn out so be yeah. it but instead of being like oh we're not good enough he's instilling the faith in them That saying no you will be good enough if not today in the next year in the next two years yeah. so very impressive coaching to be expected as well from Chris Fagan big question mark now around this club they're fourth currently eight wins four losses 103% their break even for the year was 14 and a half wins they are the West Coast Eagles you and I took them for the overs the model took them for the unders they've got eight so they're halfway there, but there are some massive, massive question marks. My big question around them for the year so far, is it bad luck, a slow start, or have they been found out? What's gone wrong for their season so far? I think
1: a few teams have definitely gone homework on the way they play, and they've beaten them, like Sydney have and Port have. Um, but those games have also missed a few players. The biggest issue for mine is their forward 50 Yes, it's very good and it can be very, very damaging, but when it's not and it's not on and the the ball hits the deck and it comes straight out, as we've seen, whenever they've lost this year, they've been mm. pumped because they've struggled to score, and it just goes straight back down the other end and gets scored really easily against. So that's that's my main concern at the moment for mm. them. And the other one is, I think Lyssa has just been an underrated yeah, exclusion. Explosion! Yeah. Because. Yeah. He, he did such a good job in the ruck for them last year, and we've seen already this year. Obviously, Vardy might have played out of his skin, but he hasn't been as good as he was last year. Hickey, you know, barely got a game at St Kilda, so he's plugging holes at West Coast. Nat Nilly will come back, but probably how um, damaging he's going to be. Like, you know, he's coming off another knee, so he's had two knees in a row. They say it takes 12 months for most blokes to get over that, and he's a big ruckman. Mm. So whether he comes back the same player as well, I think there's a bit of a. Quick concern there, there. Yeah. and obviously they're not, they're down back. They got Hearn and um, McGovern, but McGovern plays that, as, and we've seen a lot of vision from him. So he plays that peel off, you know, defender who can intercept mark. Mm. He doesn't play on anyone really. And at the moment with the six six six, if you can hold shape, and especially on the smaller grounds like at Sydney, that he needs to play on someone. And if he can't peel off with and there's no barras and that to help him out, Hearn, then there's big worries down there as well. But I still think they're traveling all right That Gotta remember Collingwood, West Coast, they know what they've got to do. Mm. They started preseason a lot later. It's all good to be peaking now and be eleven and one or ten and one or whatever, but they know that if they can finish top four, get a home
0: final, when it when it lips get cracking, they'll be there. So second big question is, can they win it from outside the top four? Because it right now it's a traffic jam. Yep. And they so you kinda of have to sum up. Are we good enough to guarantee funnels? Probably. So do we risk a Hern? Like, do we, do we bring someone back a week early and than they, they should, or we just go, no, make sure everyone's right for September and we'll just win it from fifth? Or do they need a top four slash top two? Because top two would be ideal, obviously. That's an absolute no-brainer. Them being a West Coast side, you get you get guaranteed games at Optus Stadium. Yeah. Top four's all right, that will chance, but it means you have to play multiple games in Melbourne most likely this year. West Coast run home is Essen at home, Hall's on away. win. Fremantle at home 50-50 Collingwood at home Win Melbourne in Darwin Win North at home Win Carlton at Marvel Win Adelaide at home Win Tigers at the G 50-50 Hawthorne at Optus Stadium Win So they'll probably win 8 of those 8 out of 10 Yeah
1: They're going overs I, I still think they'll they'll be alright Yeah Really I do think that they'll, they'll finish top 4 I don't think Jerry West are a worry I don't think Richmond are a worry Um I don't think Adelaide are a worry. I, think, I really do think, I'm still sticking to it, that Collingwood, West Coast and Geelong are the three best teams in it. Yep. And Geelong are just peaking well and doing everything right at the moment, but we've seen them fall away in finals and I think West Coast and Collingwood are just just cruising. Set, cruising fourth, fifth gear. It's not a great way to go about it, but I reckon second half of the year, especially in the last few rounds and leading the finals, you'll see Collingwood and, and West Coast when they get players back Really
0: take another step. Great segue there, mate, as well. Collingwood are our next team. Second, nine wins, three losses, 127.5%. We took him for the overs because we're very clever. The model took him for the unders because he hates Collingwood. Uh, their break in 13 <laughs> and a 13.5, and they should absolutely smash that. My big question is the one you just mentioned. When does Collingwood need to show us a four quarter performance? What round? By what round can they do a statement game? And we'll have a look at their draw, but how late can they leave it before they go, yep. Because, realistically, they haven't... When was the last time they played a four-quarter performance? And we're a game clear in a second. Yeah. But, they, like, it wasn't finals last year. They won the prelim in one quarter. They played one quarter in the grand final. And they haven't played a four-quarter game since. Oh, well, It doesn't matter. Because like, you, you keep, keep, winning, you, cause you keep so, winning. Yeah, exactly. But history would suggest, and it's only a one-game history and a very sore point one, But you're not going to do it you're
1: not going to win a
0: grand final with one quarter? No, no. Well, I think well most likely not anyway. My, my biggest concern at moment is we're not putting away
1: teams either. Like, we're mm. last week against Melbourne, we should have won by bloody plenty. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we ended up winning by 40-odd points anyway, but we should have won by a lot more. But we just aren't, aren't capitalising on easy shots in front of goal, but I think that's going to
0: come. So, the run home is an interesting one, actually. So, you got Doggies and North at Marvel, which you should basically win on paper. Yeah. Hawks at the G, anything happening, yeah, Clark, yeah. but you should win that game. Yeah. Then you play West Coast at Optus yeah. and the Giants at Giants Stadium back to back. Giants
1: Giants is a worry. Richmond we should beat. Because um, just because Giants, no matter what, we always have a close game mm-hmm. against Giants. But I reckon we should, West Coast will probably lose over there.
0: Um, but are they the games that. So you can even just go, those games don't matter? Like are they, do you have to prove a point in any of these games? No. Do you have to show anything or you just go back yourselves in to be back right? Back yourself to win. To finish the top two and we'll be win fine. three games and then yeah. win the play. Yeah. Because your run home is yeah. very nice. You play Suns, Melbourne, Adelaide and Adelaide. By that stage Adelaide probably hopefully we found out and uh, you get the Bombers as a nice little pre-buy before the actual buy before you... Yeah. Well I, th- I do think the other day that we've had... We, we haven't played Gold Coast yet. We
1: played, we've played Carlton once mm. but we haven't played you know... Uh, we could play dogs. In. We haven't played North Melbourne yet. Those sorts of teams. I thought, oh, well, there's an easy three or four wins. And yeah. We should be on paper winning. And You add, we pull off another couple, we'll be fine. Yeah. And we still get, we still get Jamie Elliott back. He's probably the main one. Um, you know, and we've got a few other players that can playing good footy at the moment in VFL. While our VFL team isn't going great, there's still about four or five blokes mm-hmm. playing some good footy. Whether Reid comes back, um, Coxie
0: will get better for his run. You know, things like that will be fine, but we're going to be all right, I reckon. And our last team for the buy round is Geelong. They're currently in first, 11 wins, one loss, 151.3%. I took them for the over. They need just two more wins to go over for the year on their break, even at 12 and a half. You guys were naysayers, confounders, both you and the model. So my question here is, have they peaked too soon? And this is based on this. So only three teams in the AFL era had been the number one offensive and defensive team at the same time. They were the 2000 Eston team who had 21 wins, 159.1% and were premiers, obviously. Yep. The 2007 Geelong team with 18 wins, 152.76% and were premiers. And this Geelong team currently, who's 11-1 and one with 151.3. They've only lost 12 quarters out of 48 this year. Yep, they're traveling very, very well. So brothers. based on those numbers, they're up there... They should win the flag. They should win the flag. Yeah. But you don't believe they will. No,
1: I still think... They're, they're, unless they get a run like, like... Seriously, Richmond had a great run for two years. Yeah. They're on that run at the moment.
0: No, but they're not... No. They're, they're on an unprecedented run. No, but I'm talking, they're on a, they're I'm talking about, a, about a, injury-wise. I know, but they're on a run that only two teams the injury... in, the in the AFL era have, have replicated. I know. And it's only around what,
1: 11 or 12. Yeah. So let's let's see them keep going. Yeah, let's see how they cope with some injuries. Mm. And good on, like they've proven me wrong. I've I've said it already now that you know I trust along. I think one of the premiership contenders and stuff. But until they do it in the finals, yeah, which they haven't done under Scott since 2011 when he was gifted a pretty good side. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I will sit back and be a
0: pessimist. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, they're fifty nine percent chance of winning uh, winning the minor premiership, and they rank uh, first in pretty much every very That's, fancy modern yeah. day premiership profile thing. Like they Fo- are definitely the team. We looked
1: at, looked at the, pro- the premiership profile on Fox Footy. Yeah, it was on the couch as well. Yeah, they're their number one team. I talked about this as well. And yeah, look, they should they should you know they'll make finals. I'll finish top. Yeah, it's what they do from there.
0: If you were Geelong, yeah, and you finish top, and you get. GWS in a qualifying final. You'd want to play at Geelong. Yeah. Do you reckon they'll be allowed to? No. If I would want to get... As much money out of it. 80 this. or 90,000 people at the... But do you reckon... like could, Is there a way that Geelong could swing this? Is it is there is there a way that they could... Because they've got a pretty powerful and well-run board. I reckon GWS, yes.
1: GWS you could probably argue. Yeah.
0: There's not one they're getting like They're not, they're not reckon, playing at home for anyone else. I reckon, I reckon you get. I reckon or you West get, Coast even. No. Because they're the games to get. those GOS and West Coast got scheduled to skilled Cardinia uh, anyway during the regular season. No, yeah. but Fremantle played the a final there and Fremantle beat John.
1: Um, but I reckon it'll have to be a smaller. Player. I reckon GOS, you a slim chance, but it, they'll, they'll play it at the MCG because mm. the AFL want them to. Mm hmm. And I don't reckon any other club, because you're going to knock back supporters as well. So you've got to supply supporters from opposition club with a certain amount of tickets. Well, Giants, that's 150 tickets. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, they've got to do these things, so it'll just be at the MCG. Yeah. I reckon the only way is if they played some like Gold Coast. Yeah. Or maybe North Melbourne. Yeah. Or Doggies, because they've got no supporters. Mm. So, um, I mean, even GLBS has more supporters than them, so. Yeah.
0: Very interesting areas, but even if they, because for them, is it supporters for the AFL or is it just a money thing? So if, if if Geelong just played, like, we'll just make tickets three hundred bucks. we will make it full Champions League style. No, I reckon I reckon there would be supporters
1: and money for the AFL, yeah. and, and I'd, like the corporate stuff they get at
0: MCG and mm. sponsorship and that sort of stuff outweighs what it would be at Geelong. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see what happens because they'll definitely finish top. So yeah. And if with Collingwood finish the second, then they're going to, they're going to draw either the Giants or West Coast in a, in a qualifying final. Yeah. And they'd be, be petitioning so hard to get that plated guinea. So, and fair fair them. That's their that's their prerogative. Well just done just to them. Just won't happen. On to our round twelve preview. I have, unfortunately. No sure things this week. Yeah, no, it's a pretty, it's pretty tough week, really. Pretty Very tough week. So I have three three games in each category, and I've invented a new one, starting off with the overreaction upset alert. I yep. think there are three games based on last week's results that you can completely overreact to. The first one is tomorrow night. Adelaide are dollar thirty favourites against Richmond, who are $3.15 outsiders. And that's probably drifting as we speak, as another Richmond player gets ruled out via injury. A uh, line here is 20 and a half. Yep. And the over-under, 153. Before Cochin and Edwards got ruled out this afternoon, I was like, that line is too big. Yep. Now they're missing those those players, it's probably spot on. Yep, it's probably right. But, you know, we've seen
1: Richmond do it before this year.
0: In fact, every year, and there's there's an amazing stat there by the Swamp thing saying that basically Richmond are three wins better and about Twenty percentage points, but when their best players don't play, yeah. Oh, was it? Uh, they're six and one
1: with Kocch not playing. Yeah. So, look, Dusty is captain. I reckon the only way you'd have a bet on this game would be overs under total match points because it mm-hmm. needs to be wet. And mm-hmm. uh, Dusty as skipper should rack him up. Yeah, he's going to flick the switch tomorrow. I reckon he's that type of bike. I reckon inside doesn't show it on the outside, but inside will
0: be loving the fact he's going to be able to. Uh, yeah, not changing anything about his yeah. personality, not changing anything about him who is as he is, but and just, still get to be the leader of the club he loves.
1: Yeah, exactly right. I'm gonna tip Adelaide because I just can't not tip Adelaide anymore. Like, not that I, I, no, no, I mean against Richmond, like with all yeah, the yeah, ads yeah, you've yeah. got, you just. I thought you were about
0: to say that you rate Adelaide.
1: No, no, no. I still don't rate Adelaide, and it it, it makes me angry they won last week because and it just meant I can. I'm definitely not slow on JWS because they're flat track bullies, but. Uh, Adelaide got the job done in you know 20 minutes of footy. They defend really, really well. Adelaide. They defend really, really well. Uh, but I just can't wait for them to play an actual decent side, mm-hmm. a good top four or five side. And people say oh, they play JBWs, but I don't classify JBWs that anymore. And we'll talk about them in a second. But yeah, I really think that uh, Adelaide aren't aren't as good as is. And they want. And people started coming out this week saying they're top four material. I'm sorry but their midfield is very one dimensional their forward line is very one dimensional well,
0: their forward line has that issue that you've just mentioned they don't they can't mark contested there's no the the entry kicks have to be absolutely pristine for them to mark it and like, again so it's no knock on like the Ben Browns of the world but Tex Walker is Ben Brown yep. the original Ben Brown he needs the space to lead into he needs a Pagan's paddock yep
1: well,
0: he's not marking a contested they've
1: just, ch- just changed their game style they're less attacking and they're very very defensive slow ball they're men's. poor
0: man's Geelong yep
1: and they don't have the
0: talent or the talent, depth
1: yeah. or the coaching so and their, def- their defense will get fanned out because mm. they're slow and even though you got um, you know some players back there who can use the footy and run most of their back when are big lumps who struggle to kick the footy in. You know, I just don't break them at all and I'm happy for them to prove me wrong I always am and happy for people to give me crap like they have with Geelong that's fine but yeah I just don't think they're up to it and like I said once they play a decent
0: side it puts Mm. the pressure on and really ramps up and can score against them then they're in trouble yeah and this week though the issue is that Richmond just got massively beat up by Geelong and Adelaide will play the same kind of style if if Richmond if Richmond can bring that first quarter against Geelong that's what worried me so I wrote
1: notes about uh, Richmond with Tom Lynch should he have been playing because he was giving him not a lot yeah Uh, so was he better off just not playing getting him right and make sure he's right for the finals give him a couple weeks off He's obviously had a long time out of footy. His fitness isn't there. And then, so you play that first quarter the way he did and he, he missed two easy, three easy shots. You missed a couple of easy shots, put put a bit of a margin on Geelong. And then you rock up in the second quarter and third quarter and fourth quarter and just absolutely turn it up and just play some rubbish football. No pressure, just basic, really poor turnovers. And that's what worried me is, you know, you, you kind of did it against North Melbourne the week before as well as, you just you just fell away and just mm. like almost unriched from from the last two years and that's my biggest concern is I'd almost tip if it wasn't for the last three weeks against Geelong and you could play that first quarter against LA I reckon you'd worry the crap out of them mm. and you would because they're they're not a, an elite kicking side they're, they're slow on the outside yeah they're as a well. team if
0: you pressure you saw even ran one with Hawthorne if you pressure them hard they turn the ball over and, and then, that's, what, that's what Richmond used to
1: do a lot and GWS did it for you know two, two and a half quarters as well they put pressure on it. It was a yuck game of watch lots of turnovers and stuff. But the pressure, and I, like if they can, Richmond can bring that first quarter, I reckon they should beat Adelaide. Mm. And I reckon 3 hours 15 is almost tempting. But you'd, you'd be,
0: I don't have enough balls on me at the moment to tip Richmond. Basically, how this season's gone as well. However, though, how this season has gone would suggest that you should tip Richmond at 3 yes. hours 15 So yeah. do the information what you will. My gut says that that 20 line is too big, but it's hard to tip them with those outs. So. I'll be tipping Adelaide as well. Second overreaction game is Saturday, 7.25. Carlton at $2.50. Outsiders against the Western Bulldogs, who are $1.51. Marvel Stadium, the line here, 12.5. Now, why is an overreaction? Because, obviously, we had the coach honeymoon period. We had Tiki saying, I just let the boys play." Clichés and clichés. And I think he went through every single cliché in the history. Yeah. In that one week, he's burnt every cliché in coaching history. But it worked. They got the win. Cripper Cripper played apparently, and I've, I've had, I think, 24 people tell me that that was the best game they've seen live. Like, they went to the ground to watch it because they thought it might happen. They saw it, and I was like, that is the best performance I've ever seen in the flesh. It was, uh, they spoke based on the couch, and, and uh, Jonathan Brown said uh, there was a game I watched
1: Juddy kick five against us in a, in a half or whatever. I think that still tops it. But, yeah, it was an individual performance. It was pretty awesome. Four goals from the midfield, so was it just position.
0: the freedom of, you know, that long period of, of sustained failures behind us, we're free to play, it's a one-off thing? Or is that the new Carlton? You can't trust it anyway, can you? No, well, in my notes I've got, uh, well, we've seen this before from Carlton. And also, do you know what happened the week after they beat? The Doggies? The Doggies? They got thumped. They got thumped. And you know what? Uh, someone may have slipped out in a little uh, post-match match yeah, microphone interview we're going to enjoy the beers yeah we're going to enjoy the beers I think that was Crips that happened again you think that happened again I think that happened again
1: Well, they, they don't want to get too caught up in drinking their own bath water the old the blue bat boys well they don't drink bathwater; bath water, mate. they're drinking beers so they they, 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 <laughs> they beat they beat the doggies yes by 40 points they lost then they lost by 5 points to Hawthorne mm-hmm. when they were leading by then they had the North Melbourne capitulation the week after they did yes. so it might have been 2 weeks in a row of beers and then the North Melbourne but yeah I
0: don't trust them I trust Funny enough I don't trust the doggies either I was going to say so the reason here is like I'm almost tempted to get back in the Bluebags again because the doggies aren't great
1: and they smashed the doggies last time but can they can they do that again that's the I, I, I want to see them back it up, so mm. I'm just going to back in the doggies mm. and hope that they, off their buy, are okay, better prepared, and then see if got Carlton dish up before I start trusting Carlton. I didn't watch the game last week with Carlton. All I know is they, they did a lot of good things. They did a lot of things right. Their well, good their skill, half. Their skill yeah. execution was poor. Um, going inside 50, you know, the, the reward conversion rate was poor. But obviously, Brisbane wasn't that good either. Yeah. So, you know, we know about the doggies. They don't rely
0: heavily on Norton, and a few smalls kick their goals. The Bulldogs' midfield, though, is almost elite. It is. It's it's a lot better than... And it's been a lot better than underperforming Brisbane was, and they have definitely... They probably don't have anyone to go with Cripps, but Cripps is almost balanced out by the bond, but the rest of their midfield is much better than what Carlton has. Remember last
1: time SPS and Cripps absolutely tore...
0: The Doggies a new one in the round of
1: midfield. So that it's going to be midfield group versus midfield group. And I reckon the
0: Doggies midfield group will want to bounce back. And that's Absolutely. why I'm going to tip the dogs. Yeah. That's the play. Tip the dogs. Don't waste your money here. Uh, might be hard to find any better angles this week, really, with any confidence. But uh, we'll find a couple for you towards the end of the podcast. My third one, overreaction, upset alert. North Melbourne, $2.50, Outsiders. Against the Giants, who are fifty-one favourites at Bloodstone Arena. They're heading to Tasmania, three twenty on a Sunday. Chances are it's going to be cold. Chances are it's going to be windy. So GRS will be no good because it's not perfect conditions. Why are they favourites? Why are they favourites? They haven't got
1: Whitfield. They're the biggest flat-track bullies. And that's probably the way they win this game because they're flat-track bullies. They've got no substance. They're a piss weak excuse for a football club, to be honest. Everyone keeps talking them up about their list how good they're going to be, how they should be winning a flag. Guess what? They've been doing it for years now. This is probably their fourth year in a row. They've been built up. To, they're absolutely they, they, they're putrid. And until they prove otherwise, and they go into state and win a game like they did, should have last week against Adelaide, they should have against Fremantle
0: in a year, they're no good. It's That was hilarious, but yes, I totally agree. And as I said on my Twitter manifesto towards bidding this year is that I was and I said last week on the podcast if they go to Adelaide and they win I'm putting them in my bankables that they didn't do it they no. lost and they're unbankable they dished up 20 you minutes can't... of football that was disgusting
1: at Carlton, mm. Carlton sort of stuff like when Greenwood and Sloan take contested marks it's it's just not good enough and like they've got a bloody good team but whether it's coaching arrogance whatever they're yeah they're, they're, I'm done with them they're, they're going they're literally they're they're like a Melbourne, but a bit more successful. Yeah. Because they win more games. Mm. But they're going very much in the Melbourne basket. Wow. Of pure hatred. Yeah. And disgust at what sort of football club
0: they're about. On to our 50-50 picks. It starts Friday night at 7.50. It's Essendon versus Hawthorne. Essendon are $1.71 favourites. Hawthorne, $2.08. Outsiders, the line here, four and a half. And uh, this brings in the perfect situation for my rule, which is never been against Alistair Clarkson. In a 50-50 game, that's all I've got. Both of these clubs, they've got no idea. Well,
1: Essendon will get Shield and Stringer back and mm-hmm. Fantasia. Surely that's a positive for them. You'd say so, yeah. They have the probably the thing that worries Hawthorne the most, leg speed and, mm-hmm. and quickness through the field. But
0: they also have the thing that aids Hawthorne the most, which is turnovers. Correct. So I, I don't know
1: where I'm going to go. It's a, Like I said, this game, I, if I could put in no tip, I would. Yeah. If this comes to the MCG, Hawthorne, easy tip. But it's not. It's at Marvel. It's That's why I'm tipping Essendon. They yeah, play that ground a lot better than Hawthorne. Mm. And we've seen it this year. Hawthorne have been by St. Kilda and a few other teams there. And I just reckon, yeah, I'm backing in Essendon. A couple of them saying that. Because I think they're one of the most overrated sides in the comp as well. But, yeah, I'm backing in the Bombers here to get the job done. After a bye week, get some players back. Just beat them with speed and and cut So I think
0: I think the reason why I'm going Hawthorne here is, A, the bye week, and I think some teams need continuity. I think Essendon's one of those teams. They've been struggling for it all year, and they struggle when they have a bad performance. They kind of have a few in a row to get out of that rut. And having the week off, I don't think, helps a team that's running gun. They need to have that synchronicity. Uh, Two, they turn the ball over too much, and Hawthorne just loves to feast off turnovers, so I think that will help them as well. And three, you don't bet against Alistair Clarkson and yep. a 50-50 don't be against Alistair Clarkson so I'm going Hawthorne the value is there at well 20, 208 so uh, I've found you some couple of angles but yeah there's no hard and fast there's no confidence there and there's no way I can kind of say oh here's the truth I can just go that's my gut feel Saturday 1.45 Gold Coast is playing St. Kilda Gold Coast at $2.25 outsiders at home St. Kilda $1.62 favourites the line 8.5 over under 161.5 Absolute 50-50. Gold Coast are just due a win.
1: Yeah, but St Kilda... St Kilda, St. Kilda were putrid in China, but they had blokes who were crook. A lot of them were sick. They were new experience for them going over there and everything, and they, they, what they dished out was pretty horrible. Yeah. But their football before that was good enough to beat mm-hmm. Gold Coast. But Gold Coast are due and. They're playing decent football. They played it. They're turning right. up. They, they played all right in the second half yeah. last week. Mind you, the game was worth for to watch. And last time they played here was when Gold Coast was flogging. St Kilda, St. Kilda came back and just won. Probably saved Richardson's career in round one this year, which is when they just got over the line against Gold Coast again. Probably saved Richardson's career as coach. Oh, oh again, I don't want to. I don't want to tip any of them. No because they're both like they're putrid this is a problem now we're going to get to the, this side of the year yeah we've teams got teams
0: that just we're ending up being like oh you're both bottom 4 teams for a reason we can't trust either of you but you have to pick one of you because that's how it goes yeah so. um, I'm
1: probably going to tip St Kilda because I just think they're a better football team all, year, all around uh, I'll probably wait for teams to come out and see if Gold Coast got any key ins and I might look at the weather if it's a wet weather game I reckon Gold Coast uh, definitely come in come into the equation I'm tipping
0: St Kilda at the moment yeah I'm unsure on the tip as well I'm probably leaning towards Gold Coast just because it's there. It's maybe a bit slick because it's always slick in the tropics. Yeah, it's dewy. That kind of stuff. But there's no real confidence there either. I have confidence on one thing though, which I found. Only four teams have scored more points in the first half of games than in the second half. And two of those teams are Gold Coast and St Kilda. So you can go the highest scoring half to be the first half at $2.04. $2.04. For a, in a 50-50 situation, like it's the first half or the second half, that's massive value. So there's my angle there out of that game. And our last game for the week, we're heading over to Optus Stadium, WA. Fremantle are hosting Port Adelaide. seventy-two. are Fremantle. $2.08 are Port Adelaide. It's at 4.35 on Saturday. The line here, four and a half. The over one at 1.53. These are our two Enigma teams. We, it depends on which week it is. And Freo have lost uh, Lobo.
1: To an injury for the season mm-hmm. So Lysette versus Of Lysette's back Lysette and Ryder Versus Sean Darcy maybe Something like that mm-hmm. um, Yeah it's really interesting to see who Ferreira throw up in the ruck
0: And uh, I'm tipping Ferrer though Fred at home that Again it's, these are two very untrustworthy teams But Fred at home have been fairly stable this year Port away have been anything but the fundamentals of Freo are better yeah and even they lost a key back uh,
1: against Collingwood their backs are pretty solid and and defend well Mm. and Port still struggle a little bit with scoring finding a bigger target so they've got to rely on how the ball goes in there they might want to make it a messy sort of game because they've got a lot of small players that are good at ground level Uh, Robbie, Robbie Gray Rose Sam Gray that sort of stuff Broke's been immense for them in the midfield he's carrying that midfield but I, I think, again, the, the thing that's going to hurt Port is the Hill factor, the Walter factor. Those sorts of blokes get on the outside, a lot of polish, a lot of skill. The little blokes can win it inside, the little blokes on the outside. And I think, yeah, and if they can just fix up that four connect a bit more, they could they could seriously blow Port away. Mm. So it's that four connect that lets them down. And once they fix that up and Hogan uh, fix up his leading patterns a bit, I reckon they're a real
0: dangerous team going forward. And they're a sneaky dangerous team too. So is in ninth at the moment, but they have a better percentage than three of the teams in the top eight. Yeah. So they're, they're, they've underperformed a little bit and they've let games slip they shouldn't have, but have also beaten teams that they probably shouldn't have either.
1: They've got some really good young players, but they've got some top-end serious mm, talent, talent. Like yeah. you know, Hogan, um, Fife, obviously, Mundy, Hill, Walters, but then you've got blokes like Burley's come in and played a few games now, looks solid. Um, you obviously, you spoke to Langdon and um, Sarah and all those sorts of blokes who are playing up there as well. And they're in and, and stuff like that. They're doing a great job and, and you know playing their role. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I reckon Fremantle should win.
0: our favorite segment and everyone else's favorite segment money making time our feature bets for round 13 I'm going to check in quickly with our the biggest money maker quote unquote in our pre-season podcast Carlton 61 to 75 Gold Coast 61 to 75 this is their last week before their buy currently after 12 rounds we are $10 and 61 cents in profit for $1 bets on Carlton Gold Coast and a multi which is 29.47% Return on investment for the season. Not too shabby. This week they're paying $3.30 Carlton for $61.75 and $3.20 to 75 for Gold Coast. And they're a decent shot now. I think this is the period where the crappier teams can have a bit of better performances. So 70-odd points for both of those. But again, they've let us down quite a lot this season already. All right, on to our feature bets. And Baz, you've got a juicy... Super roughly on a very dubious weekend of winning. Week. Well, I was looking
1: at it going, I can't give a best bet because there's just nothing to give because it's all rubbish. So I've gone for two bets with a bit of value. Yes, one's pretty rough, and that's Essendon to win 1-39. and for total match points over one eighty at Marvel. I reckon it could be a bit of a blowout there, and that's paying ten bucks. Mm-hmm. My other one is I reckon Freeman will win comfortably against Port. I reckon I'll get a roll on in front of the home crowd and just keep going. And you've got to uh, you
0: pick your own line, which is 24 and a half, and that's paying $3.30. Lovely value there. So I've got a value bet as well, which I mentioned before, and that is to take the Gold Coast and St Kilda game. Those two teams are two of four teams that score more points in the first half than the second half of games. So you can take them into total match points under in slick conditions in Townsville. is paying $4.00. And uh, I've also got Fremantle to cover the four and a half line which is the over-unders for that game at $1.90. So not much an offer, unfortunately, for you punters. But again, the buy-arounds, it's all topsy-turvy. Save your cash. Spend it when you know how to spend it in the latter half of the season when it comes to over-unders and total points and all the trends come into fruition. We're only two weeks away, so bear with us. Uh, but other than that, if you've got some hot tips, some juicy roughies or just some sensible bets, let us know on Twitter at SC underscore Mag underscore Oz or on our Facebook page, which is Sporting Chance Magazine. Or see us down at the Yorkshire Hotel for uh, a tasty brew in uh, front of the TV and in the fireplace. And uh, if you're playing on those footies, good luck.
1: Come on.